Welcome to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Joshua Beck and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Joshua Beck. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, Dr. Beck on special assignment today, so we are flying solo. He'll be back very shortly, and we look forward to having him back in the studio. We jump right now to the Denton North Clinic, Office of USMD. Their clinic up there is one that is affiliated with WellMed Medical Management, and we're delighted to welcome Manaz Rahman, who is a physician there, a provider, and thank you very much for coming on with us. She's board-certified OBGYN, earned her medical degree from Texas Tech University Health Science Center School of Medicine, and completed her residency at Texas Tech Health Science Center. So you are a through-and-through Red Raider. Yes, I am. <laughs> Guns off. Where did you go to undergraduate school? I went to Southern Methodist University um, in Dallas, Texas. So you've hung out in the same area. Yeah. As you and I talked briefly off the air, one of the things you wanted to talk about today is menopause. Uh, And although it is female, obviously associated, uh, men are involved as well uh, because of the effect it may have on their spouse or girlfriend or mother or sister or or what have you. And I'm curious, uh, Dr. Rahman, uh, how early on does menopause hit uh, in terms of ages of women? So the average age of menopause is 51. But, you know, some women in the perimenopausal phase will start to have a little bit of symptoms. Um, it can be, you know, starting as early as their 40s, but most of the effects happen kind of around the age of 51. So give us the 411 on menopause. It's one of those things, oh, we know all about it, but we really know nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. You know, it's because, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of people are impacted by it. So, yes, the woman is physically going through it, but, you know, it affects her family members, you know, her partner and everybody around her, um, you know, her kids and everybody. So it's very important for everybody to get a you know, kind of good understanding of what all we can do um, to help everybody who's going through it. So the actual, you know, if you look at the definition of menopause is when your menstrual cycle um, stops. Okay, so it's an, by definition, it's an entire year of no cycles. Um, and so essentially what's happening is your ovaries have stopped producing hormones. And so now your body's kind of going through a change and in a way, the opposite of what puberty was for a lot of women. Um, and so they start having a few symptoms. Um, so most commonly you hear about women with hot flashes or night sweats where they just all of a sudden get this change um, in their temperature and they start sweating or they have like um, redness at their face. Um, and then they get a lot of dryness, it's particularly more in the vaginal area, um, you know, to name some and then, a rapid loss of bone. Those are some of the symptoms of it. And, and so not every woman will have, you know, one thing or the other. Some might have milder. Some may have more um, major effects. It affects their sleep as well. So, you know, every woman is different in how she goes through it. 
Dr. Rahman, you would make $40 trillion if you had the solution to hot flashes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> what causes them? The, it's just um, it's just the fluctuation in the hormones, so they don't really have a quite definite reason for it. Because if we did, you know, we, we would target that one area and not have all these other medications that have high side effects, you know. Um, so unfortunately, we don't know exactly what it is. So we're talking about menopause, and our very special guest is Dr. Manaz Rahman, who is a physician provider with USMD Denton North Clinic. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, uh, Dr. Joshua Beck, on special assignment today, so it is just me and Dr. Rahman. We're talking about menopause because, as you pointed out, uh, that's something that affects every single woman at some point in her life. Uh, what about those who aren't sure about the symptoms? They have a few, they have some. What do they do? Should they see their a PCP? Yeah, so I think, you know, a good idea is, you know, you always want to see your provider once a year and always, you know, check in with them. And the thing is, you know, menopause is not anything harmful or it's not anything that you have to take care of. You know, it's based on every woman and how she's feeling because it's mostly the medication, the treatment, everything is driven kind of on a personal level and what your symptoms are, you know, so it's, it's some, you know, some people argue it's, it's mostly just a syndrome in terms of just a collection of symptoms. And what we're doing is because we can't get rid of menopause, we're just helping relieve all these symptoms and just kind of how women are feeling, you know, helping them get to sleep, preventing the bone loss at a rapid phase, um, you know, helping with their vaginal dryness and the hot flashes, because the hot flashes, you know, people may get a little nervous. They're like, what's happening with my body? Is this an indication that something's going wrong? Realistically, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, for that few seconds or even some women have it for minutes, how you feel in that moment, you know? Um, so it's, like I said, it's um, the best way to kind of deal with it is to address these with your provider when you come in for your annual exam or even if you just set up an appointment just to see them to discuss, you know, just how you're feeling. Um, so essentially it's driven by everybody on a personal level and how it's impacting their life, how, you know, to improve their quality of life in a way. Not long ago, well, maybe longer ago than I'm remembering, a hormone replacement therapy was often uh, prescribed as a way to uh, even out the effects of menopause and to address some of the issues we've been discussing. And then all of a sudden, hormone replacement therapy was a bad thing. Where are we now in all that? So we are, so the the way to approach it is, like I said, it's symptom-driven and every woman is um, different in terms of how she, how much she needs and what she needs, you know? Uh, so that's the approach. And then you want to do it you, you want to use the least amount of hormones for the least amount of time. So it's just basically to get people past that hump. So in terms of hormone replacement therapy, there's a number of things that you are kind of determined, uh, sorry, you look at like risk factors to kind of see who's a good candidate, who's not, you know. And so looking at that, um, it has a lot of benefits for a lot of women. So if you, let's say, you know, a lot of women do go through um, the phase where they have a hysterectomy. So they don't have a uterus. 
because uh, one of the things with hormone replacement therapy is essentially um, in women, it's replacing two hormones, estrogen and progesterone. So if you have a uterus, typically we would only use a progesterone-only hormone therapy, um, or sorry, we would use combined uh, therapy because we want to not have one unopposed estrogen. Does that make sense? So we want to balance out the hormones because the lining of your uterus can get a little bit thickened, then you start having a little bit of bleeding and an increased risk of endometrial cancer. So to avoid that, you want to do combined therapy. And um, some of the other side effects is there is a low risk increase of a stroke or uh, deep venous thrombosis. So to avoid that, we usually avoid it on women who either smoke or have high, you know, cardiac history of high blood pressure or they've had, you know, previous incidents before. Um, there's also a low risk of breast cancer um, as well. So women who are going through breast cancer treatment, we avoid hormone replacement therapy. But having said that, the benefits are, you know, good in terms of releasing hot flashes significantly. Um, it helps with a lot of women with their their mood, with their activity, um, their energy, being able to sleep. Um, and also the hormones also help, you know, with their desire and also with their vaginal tissue lining because they're not as dry, so they're more inclined to have intercourse as well because I think a lot of women, women start to avoid it because of the the tenderness and the vaginal area because of the dryness. Yeah, it'd be painful. Just, yeah, so they avoid it because, you know, psychologically you don't want to go through that discomfort. So the hormones actually help overall with replenishing a little bit of the dryness, you know? When women ask you, uh, you know, doctor, I'm, I'm going through this thing called menopause. Maybe we ought to just take my uterus out. Yeah, so I mean... That, that is a very common thing that people say, can you just take out my uterus? But, you know, the thing is, it's not really the uterus that's the issue anymore. You know, it's the lack of your ovaries doing work. So taking out the uterus is, um, you know, it's, it's on a case-by-case basis because I think some women, they can still have a little bit of discomfort um, in certain situations, but a hysterectomy is not the solution to menopause. What about the... In the period... Go ahead. I mean, sorry. In the perimenopausal phase, um, a lot of women do request hysterectomies because what happens is the hormones are fluctuating a little bit as we're getting ready for menopause. So a lot of women will go through where their cycles are either getting heavier or they're getting lighter and they just, and, or they're skipping, you know, and so they're, they just get a little anxious kind of thinking, what's going on with my cycle? Why is it not regular? So we always recommend at that phase, of course, address it with your provider just to see what's the cause of not having regular bleeding, but the transition to menopause for some women is very rough. So you see a lot of women go through hysterectomies. Um, so what essentially the hysterectomy does for them is takes out bleeding, but you're still going to have your ovaries functioning, you know, unless they take the ovaries out. Um, so if they take the ovaries out, then you're in kind of what we call surgical menopause, where you start having these symptoms that you would typically get in your 50s a little bit sooner. Doesn't sound like fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so but what I mean, are... like I said earlier, you know, not everybody has like such severe symptoms. Some women have mild right. symptoms and they can kind of, you know, unfortunately there's no like 
average time period that women, you know, kind of suffer through menopause. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I made my five-year mark. I'm good, you know. Some women, you know, I've seen women in my practice who've had it for 20 years, The whole, you know, like hormone replacement therapy for 20 years. Some women have had it for 10 years. Some women use it for a year. They didn't like it. They stopped it, you know. So uh, women, like I said, it's, it's a personal uh, on a one-on-one basis where we just kind of determine how much you need, what do you need, you know, because so, there's different routes. Some women don't like the way the pills taste. Some women use the patches. Some uses, some women use the cream. So it's different routes to it, and so everybody determines which one works for them, really, essentially. All right. We're going to come right back to you. We're talking uh, about menopause. This is WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, on special assignment today. So it is me and Dr. Manaz Rahman, who is a physician with the Denton North Clinic, part of USMD up in the Dallas area. Caregiving is incredibly difficult and challenging for thousands of people caring for someone they love. It's a job that is demanding and often feels as if it's never-ending. Caregivers feel alone and lonely. That's where Caregiver SOS On Air comes to the rescue. This half-hour weekly program features nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh. That's me. Caregiver SOS on air, Saturday mornings at 7.30, Sunday evenings 5.30. On 9.30 a.m., The Answer. We thank you so much for listening to WellMed Radio on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, on special assignment today. We want to remind you, podcasts of all of our shows are available. All you have to do is Google WellMed Radio Podcasts, and they will indeed pop up. You can listen to them on your computer. You can download them. You can share them uh, with friends and neighbors and uh, colleagues, folks who are perhaps interested in a particular topic like the one we were talking about today, menopause. And it's a great way to be able to save those topics on a podcast. And you can also get them at no cost uh, if you're an Apple or uh, Android user. They're available as well. With us on our WellMed Radio Hotline, Dr. Manaz Rahman, who is a provider with Denton North Clinic. USMD is the uh, overall service. She's an OBGYN, and we're talking about menopause, uh, something that uh, of all the things that women are going to experience, they all share that. Now, my wife, who is in her mid-50s, uh, suffers from hot flashes, so I, I know a little bit about it. Uh, just hanging out with her. I don't know what it feels like, but it mm-hmm. looks like it's not fun. Yeah. So I'd love to give her a magic bullet and say, here, take this. Hot flesh is gone. Yeah, so I think, you know, you had kind of joked a little bit about, you know, we if I found this, or you and I both, you know, right. we found a solution to something, we would, you know, not have to work a single day of our lives. Exactly. Again, you know? but, but having said that, you know, it is a complex situation, you know, as we know, because essentially, you know, as an OB-GYN, I'm looking at estrogen, progesterone, or basically the two hormones that basically run my practice in a way, you know, like the the balance of those two in your body is essentially what, you know, helping the childbearing, having your menstrual cycles and everything like that. So essentially when menopause happens um, as providers um, and, you know, you're you're looking at ways that we can help, but you know you don't want to give them too much of a dose, and you want to kind of balance it out. Um, 
with the side effects. And essentially that's what, as a provider, our challenge becomes is trying to see what's going to work for a certain individual and then what do they need. So a lot of women, you know, um, have a strong family history of cardiac um, issues or, um, you know, if women, because we've seen a lot more women who've had a history of breast cancer surviving, so we have to kind of look at it on a case-to-case basis. And so it's always good to discuss that with your provider in terms of your full medical history, um, you know, full disclosure of what your symptoms are, because I think a lot of women tend to be a little hesitant in discussing, you know, their sexual activity and the lack of it, the lack of sexual desire, or the guilt they feel for not having a desire or not wanting to uh, proceed with something, you know, um, in terms of that. I think a lot of women... Some women, not a lot, some women tend to say, okay, well, this is just part of my old age. You know, this is how I'm going to age. Um, so I think it's always good to disclose that and kind of discuss with your provider how you're feeling. Um, and I mean, not just sexual desire, sexual activity. I think another thing is a lot of women will go through frequent urinary tract infections um, as they get a little older, and sometimes they think, you know, it's just the nature of things. But realistically, you know, because the vaginal tissue is so thin and the urethra gets a little bit thinner, um, sometimes a little bit of estrogen in that area can help make that tissue a little bit stronger so you're not as predisposed to your, something as, you know, common as urinary tract infections. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a multidisciplinary in a way, uh, impact, you know, it's not just limited to gynecologists. So talk to me about the women who, uh, uh, we read about occasionally, and it seems like they always live in Italy, uh, end up having babies in their late 50s and early 60s. Uh, the, the eggs are still there in their ovaries, right? Yeah, so the eggs are always going to be there. So as we're, you know, women, when we're born, we're born with the number of eggs that we have. And so they're, you know, they arrest in one stage of the cell cycle. And then when women go through puberty, um, they go into the next stage, and so every month they're, you know, ovulating and releasing eggs. So, basically, the the women who go through menopause, their eggs are no longer functioning because the ovaries are not producing hormones. So essentially, those eggs are not functional. So, the women who are getting pregnant in their 50s and 60s, if they're spontaneous, um, you know, I'm not really sure physiologically how that is possible. You do, you know, with now, more recently, you hear more women when with uh, fertility treatments, which are becoming more and more common as women are um, putting off childbearing a little bit later. Right. Um, you, do ha- you do have a lot more women preserving their eggs at an earlier age, and what they'll essentially do is go through childbearing a little bit later. So at that point, it's it's heavily stimulated by by hormones um, that the fertility treatments have gotten a lot better at. So as long as your uterus is functional, you can still have a baby, but you need heavy stimulation of your ovaries, especially. You know, um, it's a lot of fertility medications, and um, the planning has to go into it in terms of whether you're going to use your own eggs or you're going to borrow someone's eggs. You not borrow, essentially, <laughs> but just get a donor egg. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess you don't give you them don't back. That. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here's your egg back. Yeah. Well, you hear about more and more folks who are uh, using donor eggs and, on occasion, donor sperm as well. Uh, and if the uterus is still functional, uh, do you need, if you're going to get 
pregnant from an implant, uh, do you still need a hormone treatment? Yes, you do, because um, there's a number of things that go into, you know, having a successful pregnancy. So the lining of the uterus has to be prepared. Um, the eggs have to, sorry, not the eggs, but the embryos have to have a very good environment for them to be implanted and for the growth. So, you know, I don't have that much knowledge because I'm not a fertility specialist, but, you know, essentially what they have to do is they have to create an environment that, you know, would be ideal in your 20s and 30s for for a pregnancy to develop and progress successfully. So essentially, because your ovaries are not providing all that, there's exogenous, you know, or outside force that needs to provide all that. So essentially, there's a huge number of fertility treatments that have to do it. So not everybody's a good candidate for it. And I think essentially, you have to start planning for it a little bit sooner. But that's, I think, essentially, you know, I have women who come into my office and say, well, Janet Jackson had a baby at this age, so I'm capable of having a baby. I think Janet Jackson used a lot more fertility treatments. I'm not sure entirely because I'm not a provider, but, you know, essentially a lot of celebrities, you see them um, having children at an older age. So I think there is, at some point, a use of donor egg, donor sperm to have a successful pregnancy, or if they, you know, 20 years ago had preserved their eggs. You know, as we're getting a little bit smarter in fertility department as well, where we're, um, you know, before the age of 35, women storing their eggs, as they find their partner a little bit later, they can still use their own eggs to um, have a successful pregnancy. So where do you store them? You don't keep them at home in the refrigerator. <laughs> so there's, you know, I say store, <laughs> but um, they're essentially you have to have, you know, again, for t- like a high level, not high level, but a significant amount of hormone therapies to stimulate your ovaries, um, kind of, um, there's procedures to um, take those eggs out of your um, of your ovaries and then store them in a laboratory um, under ideal temperature um, to so that we can first of all store them um, and then restore them when the time is right, you know, and actually use them to produce an embryo with you know the I guess the sperm of our choice. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, the sperm yeah. of our choice. I'll take one from here, <laughs> one from there. So, doctor, when you stimulate the ovaries uh, in order to harvest eggs, are you trying to produce more eggs at once? Yeah, so it's not, you know, uh, ideally, um, you know, when a woman ovulates, it's one egg and, you know, the sperm fertilizes it and so on to lead to pregnancy. This one, the purpose is not fertil- uh, sorry, fertilization. The purpose is to to me, the ovaries to produce a number of eggs so we can essentially store those away for a later day of use. So, How long are they good for? Do you know, I know you're not a fertility specialist, but do you have any idea how long they keep in that freezer at the lab? Um, I'm not sure, but, I mean, women have stored it. I think, like I said, I'm not a specialist right. in this field, but at the same time, you know, I've heard women who stored it prior to the age of 35, when, which is what advanced maternal age is. Essentially, I think more than 20 years, but I don't know the actual average right. number of what women That's store okay. it for or what's the best, you know, time period. Um, but I think under those, like, I think because the technology is getting better and better, I think 
probably there's going to be some updates soon. <laughs> sure. Now, we've got about a minute and a half left. Is there anything I haven't asked you about menopause you want to share with our listeners on WellMed Radio? I think, you know, uh, we had kind of discussed, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a natural phenomena for, ever, you know, most women and every woman, actually. So it's just, you know, how we cope with it is different for everybody. So I think essentially having a good diet is important, exercising, and making sure, you know, I think what women tend to forget is that as we get a little bit older, after the age of 50, our requirement for ca- daily calcium actually goes up from 1,000 to 1,200 um, milligrams a day, um, making sure you're getting 600 to 800 units of vitamin D on a daily basis is also important. Um, you know, and like I said, getting a regular exam and, you know, getting screened for everything else is very important because you want to see, you know, I think I see a lot of women who are very caught up with their hot flashes, but they're not keeping on top of their breast cancer screening. Right. You know? so, um, so you have to kind of, you know, go for the essentials and see what's important in that sense because you want to make sure, you know, your breast cancer doesn't hurt you or kill you versus, you know, hot flashes, which is not dangerous, but, you know, it can have a huge side effect. I've got to stop you right here. We are flat out of time. But I thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Rahman. Uh, It's been great talking with you at the Denton North Clinic. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for listening to us on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.